is London Calling. Here is the last news bulletin for today. The time through which we are now passing is of exceptional character. How are we doing? Not bad, man. How are you? Yeah, good. Welcome to the Full Reptile Radio. Uh, no video again. Raptors are still in New York. Living it up. They're flying high, man. Living it up. But uh, make sure you check out the YouTube channel. We've just hit 20,000 subscribers today, being Monday, the 5th of August. Um, so thanks, everyone, for subscribing. And uh, check the Raptor vlogs out. You can see what they've been doing. Um, I, I've, I've been keen on them doing these Raptor vlogs so mm. we can see their adventures because they're, they're an interesting couple of dudes. They know some cool places. They do. Like They seem to find the most random little... Like, watching the videos. Uh-huh. These are the most random little places doing make cool friends shit. with everyone. Yeah, for real. It's hard not to love them. Yeah. Although the problem is, one of the Raptor vlogs I was watching the other day, they it's like some guy had a little stall set up with a bunch of cool shit on it. And there was like Misfits figures and I was like, and now I need all that stuff. So yeah. now I need to... Buy mis- all of that, please. Now I need, yeah. <laughs> Quick send mystery a message. Buy all of the stuff on that table. <laughs> I don't even know what half of it was, but it looks awesome. I left the cameras, but I bought this. <laughs> it's like, okay. Yeah. Well, we need some more action figures and stuff for the set that we're building, don't we? Yeah, I keep seeing stuff. I was in, I can't remember where I was. I was in a shop and they just had one old wrestling figure mm. and it was Miss Elizabeth. Okay. But it was like... What, Macho Man Redley Savage? Yeah, as in Macho yeah. Man's wife. Oh, yeah. Yeah, dig it. Yeah, so <laughs> she was, um, she was to think, I was like, she looked cool on something. Yeah. It looked a bit random if I was... Sorry. <laughs> it looked a bit random if I was just buying that one. Mm. But... Yeah, yeah, you look like a weirdo. Yeah, I quite like the figures and stuff. We got some cool shit out of the loot crate. That we was have, right. we have got bits some and cool loot, loot, loot crate shit. Yeah. Um, so, uh, what do you want to talk about today? What have we got? Well, Lola Covington is the obvious place to start. Okay. Well, I managed to catch up because I've been away. We've been camping. Very nice. Which is good. Yeah, it was really good. We went to shitting in a field. Yeah, for fun. Exactly, and it was literally a field because it's Andover, which is just. Proper carrot crunches. Like, all right, er, <laughs> all right, er, my boy, you hungry? Proper carrot crunches. Yeah, lovely. Where a lot of Stacey's family are from. Because to be fair, I once went away there and someone who bought one of the first 100 things messaged me and he actually lives, I think, because it's wallop, over wallop, nether wallop and lower wallop or something. It's, it's the most fucking made up random thatch cottage shit you've seen, but it's I, real. I always think this. This is one of the reasons why I love using Waze uh, when I'm driving home and getting stuck in traffic because like, I was driving home from BT Sports Studios of the day and the M1 was a clusterfuck so it took me a different way like M11 okay, and then like across country and through a whole bunch of villages I'd never heard of and like some of the names I'm like where the fuck is Ticks yeah. over? Yeah, Doodle Bounce Do- <laughs> Doodle Bounce There is a butthole Yeah, I did go there's a- definitely a butthole I-, I almost said I did go through a butthole once then but Good job we well, talk over each other because someone did complain about <laughs> it but I just saved you I just saved you from being a meme. <laughs> I did go through a yeah. butthole. Yeah, I went to, um, well, we went to the New Forest while we were there. And there's obviously all the wild ponies and stuff like that. And we had a a horse poo fight. So <laughs> there was me, Stace. That doesn't sound like a good idea. Oh, mate, it's dry. and it Frisbee's like one It's fucking mint. So basically, <laughs> there was four kids there, my two and, the, and my nieces. Stace's sister, Stace, and Stace's auntie. And we literally, she just went, poo fight. <laughs> and I was like, all right. With that accent. Yeah, yeah. Literally like that. Picks up this fucking massive p- 
hat and just starts flinging them. And obviously with oh. a lot of kids that age, they were like, yeah, fucking let's I do don't, it. I don't need anything that's been through an animal. Uh, thrown at me. I don't know. It's quite wheaty. Quite so, uh, <laughs> I've just I've just googled uh, um, weird UK place names. Go on. What's the What's the top one? Well, I don't think the top one's very good. Is it my anus? It's uh, no, it's not. Upton Snodsbury. It's in Wor- uh, Worcestershire near North Piddle. But some of the other ones, Puckle Church. That's a good one. Barton in the Beans. Not Paul Barton. No. Curry Mallet. That's a good one. Nice. Droop. <laughs> Where are you going? Just nipping to droop. And this throop as well, droop and throop. That's confusing. Yeah, isn't it? To be fair, to get to where we're going, we always have to go for piddle. Piddle, do you? Sorry, let me just get the dog. <laughs> you're never going to be able to get through a podcast without holding Ben. You know no, that, I have to you? cradle him like a boo-boo. Um, and Weeford. Weeford. Yeah, yeah which I often cool giggle at. But I think, yeah, so we were there, went to the New Forest, that was good. And then we got lost when you're just saying about going places. We had Nikki with us. And she was like, yeah, we'll go this way. And we just got lost for an hour. So, yeah, it was all right. But I did manage to catch up with the fight. Did you say nether wallop? That yeah. one's just come up. Never yeah. wa- nether wallop, over wallop, and <laughs> under wallop. wallop. It is three wallops. I, I like this uh, uh, warning lid. That's a good one. Warning lid? Warning lid. Matching tie. <laughs> Matching tie. Tie spelt T-Y-E. Well, I used to get a lot Diddling. Of- diddling. diddling. Puddle Town. What are you doing? Diddling in Puddle Town. Toll Puddle, Aft Puddle. Oh, yeah. like who's naming these? But this is just this is just validating the the, the vision that American people have of us. Yeah. Eating Muck- crumpets dressed as Harry Potter. Right. Muckford sock. Blubber houses. They, I tell you what didn't didn't help was um, Family Guy. Yes. They're always Bitchfield. That's a good one. That's, a, that's the place to live. Bitchfield. Where are you going? Bitchfield. Wet Wang. Ben's got a wet wang. <laughs> Anyway, before we uh, before we go uh, too far off track, well, off piece, always always off piece. <laughs> you have to. I could I could literally sit and read them Mate, all day. It's the same as surnames. When I was when I was on the phones, someone rang up and they were you had to you had to spell their name back to them phonetically to be able to get them through security. Oh, that's why you're so good at that phonetics. That always blows my mind when like when you call somebody and they ask for something, an address or a name, yeah. and you just spell it out. Like a like a special ops guy. Well, uh, yeah, we well, yeah. that was one of the things in training that you had to learn phonetics, which Stacey's mom fucking loved because she was in the army. Right. So I got back and she was like, "Oh, you're doing phonetics? I can smash these." <laughs> and because she's like a sergeant major, she just fucking drilled me for days. It was wicked, which could now be a meme in its own sense. But <laughs> fuck it, yeah, Jane drilled me. So the phonetics, it's, I don't know, it just stuck in my brain. Mm. So you would spell people's names out, and this woman rang up once, and her name was By the Way. Like Barbara, by the way. Nice. And I was thinking, where the fuck does that come from? Because, you know, when you're a Smith or you're a Jones at night, I don't know, was Smith something like you're a fucking ironmonger blacksmith or whatever? Yeah, metal worker. Where the fuck does by the way come from? (laughs) Or like, just a minute. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It makes makes no sense at all, does it? Yeah. And I've never learned how to spell Siobhan either. What about yours? Oxley. Where's that come from? Do you know? I mean, it sounds like know. you... Sperm donors, by, <laughs> by the look at my dad's history. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like you should you, it should be, you should be own a manor of some sort. Yes. You know? A very grand estate. Yeah. Owen of Oxley. Yeah, I often get referred to as Robin of Loxley. Mm. Yeah, Loxley. Yeah, it's always easy maybe when you're, you're on a holiday. Maybe you're a distant relation. Yeah, maybe. Maybe you just had the locks cut off. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> just crew cut. Like, well, I get that when, when we go somewhere. And like, firstly, people think I'm Australian because I say dude a lot. Mm-hmm. So I get that. I actually got that in Australia. They thought I was Australian. 
Um, but yeah, it's. I normally have to say, do you know Robin Hood? Yes, I live there. Yeah. Okay. In a tree. Yeah, that normally that normally just gives enough people. It is quite cool though to like yeah because I'm mean, obviously traveling around the world. When you say Nottingham, people always think of one thing. Yeah. Robin Hood, obviously. Yeah. And um, I remember I remember how weird it was as a kid. There was a Disney movie. Yeah. about Nottingham yeah. with like a fucking American rooster singing about every town has its ups and downs that guy yeah I mean it was great it was a great song he but was the boy nodding nodding hey. but it was all American it was as well but it that's, was because I can remember when um, Prince of Thieves came out oh what a movie well when that came out it looked nothing like Nottingham not one bit <laughs> not one bit but when that came out there was another version of Robin Hood that came out just called Robin Hood that my mum took us to the budget version of, uh, obviously. Because you're poor. Because we were mad poor. So like, <laughs> mad poor. To be fair, she just acted it out with a few friends and she's like, that's what you're going to get. That, that'd, be your, that'd be your fight nickname. Mad poor Oxley. Mad poor. Yeah, I can take it. Take <laughs> but, it. but have poor spelt like a P-A-W, like a... Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Then, then you could be some kind of Native American scout. I could do that. Mad poor. M- imagine. That's nice. I would have to that grow works. my hair a lot longer. <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd go back to being a Loxley. You would. And mad cut your beard off. Because, you know... I don't know. Native Americans didn't have beards. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but a lot of face paint. I could get straight into the old... Uh, I've always fancied old... painting my face. Not like cyborg painting my face, but like... No. You know. Like, if I ever got the opportunity to, you know, fight a cowboy. I mean, there are a few cowboys. Yeah, yeah. And then, then I, I'd go full Native American style. with get the headdress out. Borrow it off... Um, what's his name? Henry Sir, Henry Sejudo. No, I reckon you go to the fella off of Parks and Rec, you know, the uh, the Indian chief from the reservation. Just tap him on, borrow his full headdress. I don't remember that one. Parks and Rec? Yeah. I've watched all of that. Why do I not remember that? You know, he's the one who lives on the reservation and lends Leslie Nope, the generator, when they're doing the Harvest Festival. Oh, yeah, I can't yeah, remember his name. Yeah, yeah. I watched it the other day. Yeah. But talking about face paint, I can remember when I went to a, a fancy dress party once and I fancy being Freddy Krueger. Right. And they had all the gear. Mm-hmm. And this boat was like, yeah, you need to put this on your face. You have to shave your beard off and put all this like manky shit on your face. Yeah. And I was like, no. You'd have to use some kind of glue, wouldn't you? Yeah. It's like weird. You're not going to shave your beard off. Not for that fucking... Though, no, this is taking like four years to grow. You're mad. So, yeah. <laughs> That's my ID. <laughs> They've been growing that since school. <laughs> yeah, mate. Dude, no. it grew overnight in Vegas. So I, I think you could shave it off and grow it back in, in a couple of days. Yeah. To be Yeah. W- well, that wasn't the best experience of a hairdresser, was it? my Vegas trim no because she was terrified of cutting it yeah she did she, she even terrified. said that she said I'm scared of this doesn't fill you with confidence not one bit <laughs> yeah leave it then up. I'll sort yeah. it but yeah only to appease Gareth I know <laughs> did you get a chance to watch the fights I did dude I did <coughs> and just mate jumping in what a card right I saw not a spoiler but it came up on Twitter to say we're three fights in we've had three finishes mm. so I was like fuck yeah I like that stuff. So I managed to catch up last night. We um, stayed up with Ben and we watched the main backwards, if that makes sense. Yeah. Which okay. luckily Dominic Cruz was commentating, so he didn't talk about the previous fights or anything else, <laughs> which was good because <laughs> he was too busy giving advice on how to get the blood flow back to your head. So, yeah. Yeah, I'd love to know what a doctor says about that. I'm not sure about raising the legs gets the blood flow to the brain. No. It might help drain the blood out of the legs, but that doesn't mean it's going to go to the brain. Yeah, I think there is, there's, there's some technical element that I'm obviously not trained in, but I was almost, there was, there was a few bits of his 
his commentary that I was like, that's pretty fucking good. Because mm. I was talking to one of Stacey's family, I was talking to Barry over the weekend, and he's a big MMA fan, doesn't like ground game. So he's a big knockout fan, that's about it. But right. he says he likes it when Dominic Cruz is commentating because he gives him a really good knowledge of what's happening. I so he, yeah, yeah, I mean, he does, he does, uh, he does good play by play. The only thing I want, I would like from Dominic, I love his commentary, and I think he is well. I I think his his information's great. His knowledge is obviously incredible. I just like him to be a bit more emotional. That's it. <laughs> you, know? you know, when someone's choked out to just the point like, where. I, I can't sit still. No, that's I it. I literally can't hold still. That's it. And like even here when I'm on my own and it's five o'clock in the morning, I'm still, like, I'm moving now, I'm bouncing Mate, yeah. now. I can't sit still. I'm, like I said, when Bisping won, I stood up and applauded. Who the fuck does that in their living room? But with We do, because I did the same thing. Yeah. but when, With that head shake, that slow head shake. That's it. My man. Take a bow. Jump on the cage and shout, fuck you, backwards. <laughs> but there was a lot, there was times when I was like, this is fucking brilliant. But like you say, the emotion that's missing is normally injected by a Rogan or a DC and because it was a two man booth Anik was giddy but conscious about talking about some vodka or a Subway sandwich or whatever he had to advertise so when someone's choked out to the point where they're dead and he's like (laughs) yeah so you can see that Herb's got a tricky situation on his hands there some people got properly to sleep didn't they they did and it's, I think if you listen to Dom's commentary, he's trying to educate the audience by referring to everyone as guys, mm. like he's a substitute teacher in a nursery. So like he's like Mr. Kimball off of Kindergarten Cop. Do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. He's gone in there. And he's like, okay, guys, this is what happens. And he's very factual and everything. But there were a lot of bits that I took away from it after getting a different perspective off Barry, just yeah. to think... If I didn't know what was going on, he's painting a pretty good picture. Yeah. He's just got no energy. It's, well, that's the problem, isn't it? That's, 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 I just, I'd want him to, get, I want him to get more excited. There must be something that makes him excited. I'm and I don't know what it is. Yes. <laughs> Faber's chin. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Um, so there, there was, there were some, uh, some people went to sleep, didn't they? Yeah. I mean, what, which, which ones were they? Obviously, um, Guida. Yeah. Guida. That was so deep. It was. But how buzzing were you for Guido? What a how great much... minute, though. Yeah. What a, what a great minute. Dude, how, <laughs> I, I put on my notes, Clay Guido wins just for the walkout, kicks up my heart. Yeah. Motley, man, just... How... And his walkout was great, though, wasn't it? But, uh, like, you couldn't help but smile. I know. The thing is, it's one of those kind of fights that it could have just gone either way. Yeah. It, it could have just gone either way. They could fight next weekend and it might go the opposite way. Yeah. And it sort of doesn't put them anywhere. No. Really, because no. the problem is you've got to look at Clay Guida and he's what he's beat Pettis, he's beat RDA, he's been up there, but he's also been down there as well. He's a very much a Bisping character. Of maybe if you go give him a title shot, he wins three out of ten. Yeah, dude, but he made his UFC debut at 64. Mate, he was the Strike Force champion, 2000. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he, he, I mean. Against, yeah, beat Josh Thompson for that over five rounds. I've always rated Josh Thompson. Yeah. Although he was on, on the receiving end of one of my favourite knockouts ever. Do you remember the uh, Eve Edwards head kick, spinning back fist combination? Yo. That was amazing, I right? think Eve Ed- Edwards thought he'd killed him. Yeah. That might be one of the first fights I'd do in the archive, the War Room archives. That'd be good. I've yeah. got, got a new show coming. So you've seen the archive, the War Room. We're going to do an archive one. So I go back and look at some of the best fights yeah. in, in the UFC. It's history and... Uh, 
that is one of the best knockouts ever. I That's just, one of the main things I get asked for, recommendations for fights. Is that right? What would you watch? Well, I've got some recommendations. Oh, man. Well, um, even this card, this watch this card, because there were so many finishes. And I know for the casual fan, that's more important a yeah. lot of the time. But I don't know, just Jim Miller and Clay was brilliant. Hack Parras looked good. Didn't he? Didn't he? He, he looks a lot like Kelvin Gastelum as well, don't he? Don't even he? the way that he fights, even the way that he moves. Mate, it was that, that was it a left that put him down? Yeah, Over on left? I think so. It was huge. What about um, Claudio Silva? He's got to get a top a top 15 opponent now. It's amazing to think that he's... I mean, what's the win streak he's on now? It's amazing to think that he's not... Um, yeah, he's, he's propping up some prelims. What's that win streak? So one, one two, two, three, four, five, five six, in the seven, UFC. eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. Is that 14? Yeah. Yeah, literally, he's had 15 fights. He lost his first and has won since. And you look at the guys he fought as well on the way to the UFC. <laughs> Matt Thorpe and Paul Jenkins were two of his two first fights. Man. I fought both of those. Paul Jenkins' record's like 58 and 24 or something. It says Paul Jenkins, AM14, ready for war, TKO, no rounds, no minutes, no seconds. <laughs> That's, yeah. No, no information. Yeah. No information. Who the fuck knows? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, you look at his wins now. I mean, a win over Leon Edwards, uh, that win over Danny Roberts, that armbar was beautiful. I, I I think I need to see him in a top fifteen opponent now. I'd like to see him. I'd like to see him against Damian Meyer. That's Dude. the fight I'd like to watch. Yeah, that'd be filth. Because I mean, Damian Meyer hasn't. Um, I mean, Ben called twelve him now. He's uh, Ben, ben Askren's, Askren's called him. I, don't, I don't. I struggle so much to keep up with the the actual calendar. And I tell you why. And I figured it out is because, like when when Covington Lawler is happening at the weekend, I'm focused on DC Mirchik. Yes. You know, yeah. and then like as soon as this is done, and everyone's talking about like, I'll be thinking about Uruguay, and it's yeah, you, I, get, I my whole schedule gets wrapped around. So when so, I used to be really good at knowing exactly what fights were coming up, and when and who, when yeah. and who, but that was before I was working on the events. Yeah, now I work on the events, it just skews my whole calendar. And now it's massively not overpopulated, but there's that many fights. Yeah, and we get a few Bellator propping it up. Few cage warriors, mm-hmm. and then the thing with this is, like, what was there? Fourteen fights, 10, yeah. 12 fights. So with that, even if you just watch the main, there's still like eight fights that you're not even touching. Yeah, I, I'll be honest. I've had a pretty pretty lazy weekend this weekend. I've been at home the whole weekend. Oh, I went for a walk. I got a good seven miles in. Okay, and then and I've just been at home the whole weekend, just kind of moving and. Like eating and resting and just kind of rebuilding, but everything I've watched has been combat sports. Nice. So I obviously I watched all the UFC stuff and then I watched um, I watched one. Oh no! Oh, with Jeez. Eddie and uh, did you see that? Did you watch the Eddie Alvarez fight? I watched the Eddie Alvarez highlights. I watched the beginning where he got was it a leg kick? Yeah, that he got swarmed on. It was a wicked fight. Fucking leg wasn't. kick. Um, the guy rushed in. Eddie swept him and then took his back and choked him. Yeah, really nice. But like Demetrius Johnson had a rough night. Yeah. Like the kid that he was fighting was was all over the place. Real difficult. Kept taking DJ's back. Took one, took his back standing at one point. He's quite often given his back up though, hasn't he? Yeah. DJ. He's 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 quite known for doing that. For sure. Because it was a year ago to the day yesterday that Henry Sejudo beat him. Is that right? Yeah. A year. Yeah. Seems a lot longer, doesn't it? I bet he's making bank in in Asia though. Oh, he, for real. He's, 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 there's no of, reason he'd be there. Well, like what is. He's he's like a cartoon character. Yeah. Mighty Mouse. He acts like a cartoon character. He acts character. like a cartoon character. 
he's playing video games most of the day, yeah. which is going to be big over Perfect. there as well. I, I just think he's going to be a massive star over there. Plus, they love the lighter weight classes because they yeah. move so quick. I just there were some good fights on that. I tell you what, Jonathan Haggerty, I mean, he, he lost the decision, but holy shit, that guy's good. Yeah, he's on a, what? Yeah, he's a yeah, he's a Thai boxer from the UK. I've, I've heard the name. Haggerty. I've definitely heard the name. Downward elbows. He's he just he's so good at downward elbows, but he's doing Muay Thai and MMA gloves. Wow. You know what I mean? It's like it, it changes the sport entirely because like you've got nothing to block and to. I mean, like the difference in an MMA glove and a boxing glove is probably about about you know two or three inches in pad yeah. in width. So like with MMA gloves on, you can't rely on the same blocks that you can in Muay Thai, no. which makes you rely more on head movement and you know catching and parrying. He's very very good. He's just lost the one title, but he'll he'll have it back very soon. It That's seems cool. like there are three guys at the top, and I'm I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce the other two guys' names, um, but they it seems like we've got like these these three guys at the top now. One of them being Jonathan Haggerty. Just check him out. Have a look online. Yeah, well, he's dynamite. He's absolute dynamite. It does seem that the one FC popularity is slightly closed off due to names. It's it's a tricky thing to you know yeah. because you can't. It's not Anderson Silva, Chuck Liddell, Matt Hughes because we're not used to. They're not Western Yoshihiro Akiyama uh-huh. or like even Sexy Armor. Or when you've got a nickname or Fireball or Takanori, whoever it is, yeah, you can put a name to it. It's, it's easy done. Yeah. Whereas I think where it's even like Dong Young Ma. It's like what the fuck? Like, we've already got a Dong Young, and everyone's yeah. only just remembering. Well, he used to be Dong Young Kim. Yeah, and then he is he's, he's now Dong Young Ma. Yeah. yeah. But he's it, Maestro, right? That's his nickname. Yeah, but it, it's still you, just, you don't hear it rolling off a lot of people's tongues. Like yeah. you, you, people gravitate to who they can fucking spit out. I know that sounds. I know weird. what you mean. I know, yeah, I know what you mean. But like some of the names on that one, that last one FC thing, like I, I couldn't even begin to pronounce the names back to you, and that's just because. I mean, like if I was working those events, I would yeah. absolutely know how to say them. But like at the moment, I'm I focus on like the, like the Polish names and the yeah, you know. Well, it's even at the weekend, was it um, Giles and Giles? Oh with, yeah. With, <laughs> yeah. And you've got a feel for them. Yeah. Like they're, they're trying yeah. to be technical, and, they, and like one of them, because Dom even caught himself and went Giles, Giles. <laughs> Giles. Dude, that that has been one of, that's been one of the main problems for me in commentary is names. Yeah. Like who was it? Oh, uh, Arnold Allen against Alan Omer. Yeah. And it was just But you're just waiting for the other person to fuck up. You're Alan, waiting for Johnny Alan, G's to Alan, say it. Alan, Alan. Our Alan. Alan, Alan. Yeah. Because even um who was it who was uh they were fighting and instead of using his surname, it was the Salim Tuari. Oh, Salim Tuari. Tuari. Yeah. They started calling him Salim, so they weren't saying the Tuari, but they were getting Salim wrong. And it's like, it must be fucking hard. <laughs> it is. It is difficult. Especially because a lot of the time you've got somebody else talking in your ear. Yeah. Or they might not even necessarily be talking to you. Sometimes people lean on buttons in the truck oh, and really? then you get half a conversation that you don't need in your ear. Man, and that's something that spin me out. It can. It can. It's like when you make a call on your mobile and you say, hi, mate, you're right. And he goes, hi, mate, you're right. And you're like, oh. Yeah. You, when it repeats what you're saying, that's fucking horrible. Yeah, I couldn't imagine having someone just rabbited in the fucking tabs. I'm just trying to find that last event that uh, I just watched. I watched it yesterday. Um, oh, look at that little puppy. Oh, is that? Oh, you're thinking about getting a new puppy? Stacey's you? just sent me that, and she never ever considers mm. getting another dog. Look at this. Oh no! Wow. 
I've just where where we went. There's just dogs for days. They've just everyone over dogs there has days. got fucking dogs, and they've got these. That's that's a business you need to. Open I need to be point. in that, even though I'm allergic <laughs> to dogs. Apparently, dogs for days. They've got uh, they've got dogs everywhere and Maine Coon cats. Which Google it. They're dog. They're cats the size of dogs with like lynx style ears. Mm. So these little bits on the end. They're fucking amazing. So if she said, "Oh man, I can't even concentrate on that right now," because I'm talking about this. Well, I think she, I think you should just tell her to go and get it. A hundred percent, mate. You're gonna have a little sister, babe. Oh, oh, mate, he's gonna hate it. <laughs> yeah, he's a bit scared of girls, isn't he? he well, your girl, yeah, yeah, a Vegas show she, girl. She is a bit flashy. She's a bit sassy. She, I do like it though. Kicks her hips around. Yeah, she's got, she's, she's got, got hips got, for yeah. days, and she stumps as well, don't she? She bounces and stumps. Mm, she's scared. I'm missing her. She's at my grandparents at the moment. Anyway, we, we're going okay. way off. Sorry, track. sorry. So way Mickey Gore, track. what are you saying about Mickey Gore? Because he was hometown hero. Yeah. Um, tough fight. He looked like a fighter a fight. that night. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, it seems like he's had a he's had a couple of he's had a couple of good. I, I think the Diego Sanchez fight was a good little wake up call for him. I, I yeah. think he realised that that there's more work to be done. It sounds like his sister already got on board and got yeah, his conditioning real. on point. Um, it's like he was cherry picking quite a. You're a legend. You yeah. give me a lot. He. Diego gains nothing, Mm-mm. nothing from a a um, looking for a fight guy that yeah. beat Sage. Which let's look at Sage now. That's just Diego after the beat fight. anybody in front of him when he'll try. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, even the fact that Mickey Gore was still talking about it is a massive part of the narrative mm. because Anik was big on it because they'd interviewed him before. And he was still talking about it, like you said. His sister got him road running. He I looked better. He his looked like a fighter. Salim's good though. Like people underestimate him because he's. I mean, I can't remember what his, what his record is at the moment. I've called a couple of his fights though, and he's just—he's not quite found his rhythm. And no, like you, when you when I saw him face off against Mickey Gall, like they look like different weight classes. Completely, because Gall's like wide and long yeah. and gangly, and it's like he's got really like long arms and legs. Does he remind you of Jim Carrey? <clears throat> a bit of Jim Carrey, uh, Rich Franklin-y. I think he's in his mouth. He just reminds me of <laughs> a little bit. A Jim, I can see that. A Jim yeah, Carrey I can character. See that. But I was I was more impressed. The, I was more impressed the fact that he looked. He he made me think he was more of a fighter, as opposed to the last few times it's been quite a vocal call out with yeah. Sage and all the rest of it. But I mean, fair play to him. He, he did what he needed to do. Yeah, Shevchenko looked good, didn't she? Yo, and she got caught. Yeah, that was. It was hearing her sister in the corner. That must be Just screaming. Well, that's. I mean, we'll come on to that that fight in a second because I'm heading out to Uruguay soon and. That must be a like a real like emotional roller coaster to do that the week before you fight. Yeah, I I don't, I don't know whether I'd like it or not. I'm, I was trying to th- I was thinking about it when I was uh, when I was watching the fight because like it's such an emotional thing to watch a teammate fight. Completely. And I, I remember going from watching Jimmy fight, cornering Jimmy, to then fighting the week after. And I mean, like even some nights we'd like corner and then fight on the same night. Yeah, and you see fighters do that occasionally, and it's just like. Like your adrenaline's up, and it's 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 almost like it's your fight, but you can't do anything about it to yeah. win. So it's kind of out of your hands, which can really affect your mood. I think. Yeah. Um, well, but I mean, you know, coming off a win like that, that's gonna fire up for next week. Well, I was gonna say that to you about the the main because as much as I don't know, I've always found MMA super emotional. Mm. Like when it used to be on Bravo, I used to lie in bed, and I'd be watching that. Matt Hughes or Randy or whatever and they were sort of they were dominant but it was never a decisive finish it was like mm-hmm. a dominant win throughout yeah. and I'd not get heart pal- palpitations but I'd, I'd find myself a bit exasperated a bit breathless mm-hmm. and I think 
the, the longer you watch it and the more that you build like a, a history of the fights with these guys. Someone like Robbie that I've been watching forever. Like I, I watched him leave the UFC. I watched his whole career outside, which there was no coverage of elite. There was no coverage really of Bodong mm -mm. or, sure, uh, or Strikeforce, really. Mm -mm. You had to fucking dig deep for it. So I followed him. And then when he came back, it was like at the weekend, I felt so exhausted just waiting for him to throw something. Yeah. And someone made a gif of his right hand with the loading symbol on it. And it was perfect. Because <laughs> it was, but I couldn't imagine yeah. being in his corner or even fighting oh, before man. or after that because... He he just sounded like he was reading from a script after the fact, but then it wasn't the script didn't match the performance because even when Matt Hughes was like, "Yeah, awesome to see Robbie," he always comes to fight, which he does. There's no denying that mm. ever anywhere. No, but I don't know if it's because I wanted to see Covington get hit, not to lose, but just to see what he did. I just wanted, to, yeah, I just I wanted to see Robbie put some kind of pressure on him to see because like it, right at the very start of the fight. It was ferocious for the first like sixty awesome. seconds, yeah. and and Robbie looked good. But then immediately after that, like it, after that first take, after that first takedown, yeah, he was sat up against the fence, and it was like, okay, I'm just gonna accept being here and yeah. just defend. Yeah, and it was like it was almost like he was it was almost like he was allowing him to work as a sparring partner. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, well, it was almost like, like working the choke and being difficult and like like denying yeah. the grip. Being a senior, exactly, but a seventy percent senior. So yes. like if you were clambering all over I don't know Eddie Bravo and he's just trying to talk you through it so you're like yeah don't put the full rear naked in go from the side crank yeah. his jaw now try the other arm and it was like giving everything a few seconds <coughs> and Covington wasn't committing he was he was employing the perfect game plan yeah. what, what he did was outstanding to think of who he was doing it to a couple of years ago Robbie was considered a fucking savage psychopath that no one could tame yeah, yeah. yeah Tyron Woodley caught him with that massive overhand right which fair play but before that, look at who the fuck he's smashing to pieces mm -hmm. and going to war with. And like, even back to the Nate Diaz fight where Nate seems to turn him off, he was always marching forward. Mm. And Nate Diaz, Nick. Nick, sorry. The, sorry. With the jab. Yeah, yeah with that, that jab. Mad, just, and then he just dropped like a tree. But the th the, the, the th I, was, I was trying to figure out what was going on with Robbie because he's what? He's 37 now, which is a very young age. Yeah. Um, you can't see Yeah, March grades. 20th, 1982. So he's... A month older, two months older, two months older than me. Um, the thing is, I, I still think, and I would imagine, and if you look at Robbie Lawler's eyes when he was walking out for his last fight and for this fight, and the stuff that he's been talking about with about that strength and conditioning program and stuff, I bet Robbie Lawler's training like he was when he was twenty-two. Yes, I bet he's just, I bet he's going fucking hell for leather in the gym. I bet he's doing heavy bag workouts and pad workouts and old school, like old school, like training like he's like he's in his twenties and he's in his thirties. Yeah, and I just I feel like maybe he's leaving it in the gym. Yeah, I mean it certainly looked like it at the weekend because he just didn't get going. It's almost like you're watching an embedded from back in the day. Yeah, when like I don't know when he was still training at military. Like, yeah, like yeah. an embedded from UFC eighty nine or something <laughs> yeah. like that. Yeah, it, I fought in eighty nine. I know you did. So, but it's. It's one of them where he, he did seem, he seemed like he was just reading from a script and playing a game. I don't know, because watching him when he was um, doing the open workout and stuff, he seemed like he was going through the motions. And I don't know what sort of emotional contact or connect he had with ATT and it being like, excuse me, Conan being there. Mm. Because 
Yeah, that was because he was up in he was in Colby's corner at one point as well. Yeah, and like the whole team, like the people that he would have used to have been training are with, just were all, there. Yeah. And then he's got his div, di, like not his dive. Um, the, the guys Ooh. that went with him. Because what? what's the guy? Robbie's team has always been the same. He's always had a couple of guys with him as well yeah, as uh-huh, 18, uh-huh. That, that have always gone to the gyms. Yes. So like you're only stood you there mean, with I like think of his name. two of your guys when there's the whole team there. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to not like Conan. And I don't think he would have made it awkward for him to leave. But no. I think it would have been just, it's like almost seeing your fucking ex-father-in-law or something again. You're like, yeah. all right? And he's like, yeah. yeah, how are you? And you think, oh, what did I do? And I don't know. I don't know if that was an emotional drain because Robbie says that he puts it all out of his mind. Mm. Doesn't seem to care. One of his favourite answers to a question to me was when a fucking journalist was trying to drill him down on, yeah, but so when you left, you, what about that? And you, and you left ATT. And he's like, yeah, like a grown up. Mm. I've made a decision. Yeah. And I think it's so true because it doesn't have to be an ugly split. Like a lot of people make bad decisions. A mm. lot of people make good decisions. But when someone just gets like if, if something's not exactly right in your life and you make that grown up decision to make a move, it might work, it might not, but mm-hmm. you've got to have the balls to fucking stand up and do it. Yeah. Whereas when someone's like, it's almost like that cringy fucking media poke into something that you know the answer to, mm-hmm. but you just want a soundbite out of it. Yeah. I think he answered that perfect, but everything else he was saying, he just seemed to be so... It's, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's the fact that he... It's the fact that he he asked that question about moving gyms. I was just looking on on his Wikipedia page now. So it says, I mean, he was with Militich for 13 years. Yeah. And then he moved to American Top Team in 2013 and was there for three years. So yeah. in 2016. So that would have been, so So he may have he may have left after the Tyron Woodley fight. That seems, yeah. yeah. So, that's, so that's what he would have done. So after he lost to Tyron Woodley, he would have left there and joined Hard Knocks. And then he fight Cowboy. And then he beat Cowboy by decision, but then he's lost, lost three in a row. Yeah. RDA, uh, RDA, Askren, ben and then and Covington. But do, do you think maybe the Ben Askren thing played a different part in it because he, he came out different because he I just think he got he, stopped yeah. in the first round and as much as he knows exactly what happened, so we can say I think he was out. I don't think he was out. It's fucking it's, it's irrelevant mm. compared to what Robbie knows because deep down he'll know if he was slightly out or if it was a yeah. like if he can't remember everything that happened that might have been on his mind to say I just want to go five rounds here. I just want to be in there because. He just seemed so tentative, which was not like him in any yeah. way. He just he, he came out both at the, for both of his last two fights. I need to watch the RDA one back because I don't remember him being as like fired up as he was. He's way more placent to be in that position again against a wrestler. He just yeah. seemed so happy to be there. That's why when you look at him against Cowboy, he looked like Robbie. Yeah, he didn't finish him, but he looked like Robbie. Whereas when he was against RDA and against yeah, um, who's at Col- Covington this weekend. The, the difference between, like, you look at those last four fighters that he's, that he's faced. Well, say last five, including Tyron Woodley. Like, of all four of those fighters, if I would say there's one fighter you can get inside their head without doing anything, it's Cowboy. Yeah. So, like, the, the very fact that it's Robbie Lawler and he has that presence when he's in the octagon, you know. And, and you know, that was his first fight after being a world champion as well. So right. that's also on, on Cowboy's mind. It was yeah. easier for Robbie to kind of push him around and to be Robbie Lawler yeah. in that fight. It was a great fight. But, yeah. You know, it, whereas RDA is not going to care. Ben Askren certainly doesn't care. And Colby Covington didn't show yeah. any kind of respect. And all of that stuff I've been saying about Robbie Lawler, it doesn't take away what Colby Covington did because I thought he looked amazing. That's what I was going to say next. He looked really good. Like, really how good. hard is it now to... <clears throat> 
deny Covington. Yeah. Well, the, I wasn't really interested in watching Covington against Usman, to be honest, until I watched Covington beat Lawler. And because they're both so similar in the way that they yeah. fight, I'm like, this is going to be an interesting one. Because I think Covington's got the wrestling to really, you know, really fight back Push against Usman. Right. It might even cancel out and you yeah. might see a bit more of a... That's but see that's where like Covington Covington comes from a value uh, a value a volume uh, just didn't standpoint. Stop. Usman I think has got the power in his hands. Yeah. What's uh, what's Usman's knockout ratio? I need to have a look at that. But it was the thing that sent shivers down my spine was following all the content in the build up and seeing how chilled out Robbie was and how nonchalant he was for the whole time, and then he got into the cage and he smiled at Colby and yeah. I was like. Oh, could you imagine being locked in a cage with that dude and him yeah. grinning at you after he's just <laughs> not showed any emotion? Scary. It's like, I'm in my happy place. Yeah. Yeah, it's fucking terrifying. But how the fuck... Six do- knockouts out of 15 fights. Mate, how how do you how do you deny Colby Covington now? You don't. I was impressed with him. Fuck I was mate. really impressed with him. I, I'm, I don't like his gimmick. It just, just because it's not real. And I'm... I find things that are contrived so repellent now at this point in my life just because there's so much fake shit in the world. Yeah. I think my tolerance for fake shit is like <laughs> at its limit. Yeah. So, and, so as soon as someone Radar's starts... Radar's overload. Yeah. yeah. As soon as something starts to feel contrived, like people pulling shit out of hats on stage and Mate, stuff, like yeah. I can see it on Dana's face as well. Like, yeah. It's just like, oh, really? Well, it's just, you've, you've taken a step too far. It's like, oh, do you think I should say this? That's yeah. one thing. But then when you're getting props and it's not even landing... I don't know. I mean, the, the whole Colby thing, the build-up was was just him being a bit rubbish. Then when he did what he said he was going to do, that was impressive. And you keep that whole Masvidal card in the background thinking, no, all right, it could be okay. Then when he sort of tries to smash out this fucking yeah. run afterwards and he's like derping it and just <laughs> derping it. not quite getting his words out. Then when he went up and it's like, just kids arguing in the back of a car. Yeah. Usman and fucking him. Oh, you, you're a prick. Well, you, yeah, well, you smell like poo. Oh, yeah, well, what type of poo? Because you you smell worse like poo. And it's like, lads, just fucking leave it. Because that's really <laughs> yeah. shit. Like, what you've achieved is incredible. Yeah. But it all made sense to me when I saw a small video um, of um, Covington. So I want to cut a snippet out of him talking about borrowing Kurt Angle's music. Right. And which is why it's been stuck in your head all day. Yes, it's fucking killing me. Don't which I, I won't sing it, it no, because I've, I've just tried to play music to get it out <laughs> and now it's gone back in. But it just makes me feel that he's got one foot too heavy in WWE world, WWF yeah. world, because it was like, what he took away from the fact that Kurt Angle let him have his music is fucking brilliant for him because that's mm. one of his fucking star-studded moments, blah, blah, blah. But that's where I can see the dilution or the... the um, the character being a bit toxic. Yeah. Being a bit like a, an acid reflux. <laughs> whenever <laughs> whenever I... I'm impressed by what he's done. I can't deny it. The fact that he's just manhandled Robbie and looked fucking amazing. If I take out his shit gimmick and the fact that he's he's only got one point of reference and it's wrestling mm. from 2002, then I can sort of forgive it. Yeah. But I'm way more interested now in that and the Usman fight. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I don't just I just don't need the fake shit. That's that's where I'm at right now in my life. Just because no. I've seen too much of it. But if I never saw either of them fight again and we had uh Masvidal yeah. to be the champ for the next five years, I'm happy. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? For sure. What else stood out? What about uh, Scott Holzman? 
oh, he, he's like he's slowly making a name for himself like in the background just kind of creeping up yeah and at some point soon people are gonna be like holy shit look at this guy he took his 15 year old son too right yes Which, that's yeah, a lot he did. of fucking pressure because yeah. that's not just like I'm taking my kids I'm taking my kids to give him a lesson to know not to fuck with me now yeah <laughs> he's becoming a man <laughs> and this is his fucking warning but yeah he looked incredible and what he did to um, Mars Eye was fucking scary yeah. it yeah. zoomed in at one point and I was like that's yeah. closed that's fucking he's, closed he's, I, I think he's going to start really finding his rhythm soon I mean like he's only lost by decision and he's, he's only losing to good guys like Drew Dober early on Man. 2016 Josh Emmett and Josh Emmett Solid 2016 dude. but then you like you know, Nick Lentz He's fighting regularly, you know, a couple of three times a year. Well, this that, is that Alan Patrick knockout was wicked as well. But then, uh, you know, losing a decision to Nick Lentz. Nick Lentz against BJ Penn. Yeah. Oh, what's happening? Did you hear the justification of it? What was the justification? Dana said it? that BJ kept messaging him and messaging him and messaging yeah. him, and basically got him to say one last one. This is it. This is absolutely <clears throat> it. I think I said it last week though. I'd rather BJ be fighting in the UFC and be looked after. Yeah than fighting yeah. to build somebody else's record in another promotion. The so problem I, is, you know, I see BJ Penn promising all that, Yeah, but then splurging that or using that for court cases or whatever he's spending his money on and then being like, do you know what? I might I get another, another 25 one. off bare knuckle. Yeah, I and know. It's just, it's, it's built never in. An end, is it's, it? never, it's, it's a bit Chris Lieberny. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. But then that's, you know, that's where, that's where um, mm. athletic commissions come in. Yeah. You know, sanctioning people, making sure they're healthy to compete. Like, Massively. I'm, sometimes they're a pain in the ass, the athletic commissions, but a, a lot of the time they're there. It's to, needed. Yeah, then it's needed. Well, Colby nearly didn't fight, didn't he? Because of his cut. His cut? He had a big cut across his eyebrow. Oh, I think it? it was John Anikos someone posted it that said like two weeks in, he had a massive cut here. Ooh. Oh, this side. Well, no fucking camera. Left eye. <laughs> um, but I don't know what it is about people who win they win decisively and then they tell you about what their injuries are mm. I think there's something way cooler about nothing ever coming out and then like when Bisping's books just come out you hear about his prison sentence yeah <laughs> okay and it's more that you can look back and then think fucking hell yeah fair play man yeah. but you know when someone comes out and actually dominates the way they do and they go and I've only got one lung you like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> all right what about Jim Miller and his Lyme's disease though? that doesn't seem to oh, slow him down well that look at Jim I mean his last two fights have been a total of three minutes ten seconds mm. and yeah just I mean he shouldn't have taken the Oliveira fight anyway should he let's no. be honest but yeah I mean I don't know it was I think just nipping back to um, Holtzman this is what made me realise how many fights there are nowadays because he's fought nine times in the UFC yeah and he's not on my radar yeah. I'm not saying I'm anything special, but I like to think I've, I've noticed. I know you're plugged in though, like like most of the fans, like more than most of the fans, I would say, especially because you talk to me a lot. Yeah, it just makes me feel bad to think that fucking hell, he's doing what he's doing. I'm not even, I've not even got him down as mm. like a one to watch. So yeah, it was good. So the fights we've not talked about, Miranda Granger against Hannah Goldie, that was a good fight. Miranda it Granger, was. I think it's going to be really interesting when she gets down to it. She's a strawweight, right? Yeah, both of their That's debuts. scary. Yeah, yeah, they're both strawweights yeah. to flyweight because it was short notice. Miranda Grange is going to be really good in this weight class. Tall, rangy. Yeah. I know. thought that Goldie was going to win from the from the get-go. Yeah. She just looked like she was more, she was sitting on her punches a bit more and I thought there was going to be, I thought more was going to land. Yeah. But yeah, Granger impressed me. 
It did make me smile, though, the amount of conversation they get at the beginning of a broadcast. Mm -hmm. And they're talking about Miranda Granger changing a kid's nappy, taking the UFC call. I'm like... No, 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 no. That was Hannah Goldie. Oh, was it Hannah Goldie changing the nappy? And she Miranda was coming Granger out of church. Granger was coming out of church with her whole family. Oh, with the whole family, yeah. Like like it's, the Lord has just blessed her yeah, with yeah. her it's UFC a, debut. It's such a weird I wonder bit. if that's what she prayed for. Exactly. Imagine that. Two seconds later. Fuck. I'm just nipping back in. Yeah. Car pulls <laughs> yeah. on. What did you ask for? Some McDonald's yeah. fucking yeah. chicken nuggets. <laughs> yeah, Don't that's, waste your wishes. But that, that was a good performance. And I, after a full training camp in a... In a, a, I don't even know how she gets down a weight class. She looked really, really tall and rangy for that one. Lauren Murphy looked shit hot. Yeah, that was a, that was a wicked knee that she dropped. Uh, I'm not going to get a name wrong this time. Mara Ramirez Barella. Yes. Hey, I'm going to say it. <laughs> but no, she she knocked her for six, and for saying yeah. that she stood up mm-hmm. and managed to go backwards and almost try and compose herself because you, I don't know what your head's thinking at that point because I've not been in a cage in a fight, so. I know when you get hit how it feels, but to be stood up and just have this blurry vision of like, they're still fucking coming. Yeah. Yeah, that was sick. I also very much liked Match Snell. The whole process, the 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 fight, the finish, and the post fight interview. Yeah. That that guy's a, that guy's got the potential to be a star. Four fight win streak and he's a flyweight, which means that uh We want more flyweights. He might, yeah. And he's he's got he's got good wins. Uh, Smoker and Espinosa, they're two good wins. But two triangle yeah, chokes as well. Smoker, Jesus, that was uh, yeah. Anything else on that card? Shall we talk about this weekend? Yeah, no, just the fact that I was gutted that Colby did it, but I was impressed what he did. Uh huh. Just devastated. Yeah, you're pulling for Robbie, were you? I for think real, I can't will. help but not pull for Robbie. I just want to see. I don't know. I want to see Sonic Covington hard. Mm. I just want to see what he does because <laughs> I've got no problem if he if he. Let's say Masvidal smacks him in the mouth and mm. knocks him for six and he comes back and wins. There's no denying it. Yeah. But at the minute... Oh, that would be a great fight. But they're not going to fight, are they? No. Because they're mates. The problem is, is when you get someone like Robbie Lawler and I'm desperate for him to do what he normally does, but then I think, okay, so RDA manhandled him. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's, a, there's a few people that have already... They've shown a blueprint. It's like when Clay Guida beat uh, Anthony Pettis. Yeah. So Anthony Pettis should have waited to get his title shot from when he moved over from the WEC he didn't wait he fought Clay Guida Clay Guida wrestle fucked him mm. you remember what no the, the, I just said a bang the front door's open isn't it oh sorry somebody go and check no no we're all, okay. we're all good oh that front door yeah, yeah. not the back door no no so the back door front door when Anthony Pettis did that it was a wicked blueprint because didn't every Alvarez do the same thing and RDA did the same mm-hmm. thing to uh, Pettis yeah so when the matchup came out and I was pleased that Robbie's fighting again I knew that there was already a weakness mm-hmm. and it's sort of is it number 11 now see this is that's the kind of fight now so this this weekend we've got uh, on. Um, who's on there uh, Vicente Luque against Mike Perry in the co-main event yo like so Vicente Luque is ranked just inside the top 15 yeah where, whereas he is in fact not number 15 if he wins this weekend he's got to look at moving up the up the food chain and that would be a great fight for him Robbie Lawler Yes. If if Lawler, I mean, I did, that kind of felt a bit like a retirement fight for Lawler, but he said he's going to get back in the gym and, and yeah. keep keep working. The but Lawler against Luke would be a good one. That'd be a, a kickboxing match. Cause both or against Perry. Be, well, yeah, exactly. If Perry beats Luke, then oh, Lawler against Perry would be awesome. But did you see Perry has already called out Mickey Gall? And he was shit-talking Darren Till as well. He wants to fight everybody. I don't think the Darren Till fight's a bad fight. No, I don't. I just don't think Darren Till's ever going to make welterweight again. He's no. just massive. Yeah, I mean, and especially coming off... I mean, the, the Woodley loss was massive for Darren. It sort of hung around his neck really mm. hard. 
yeah. after the knockout loss, I don't know what we're going to see next. I just, yeah, I wouldn't be mad if he moved up. But I think he's taking some time out. The last time I spoke to him, he was talking about getting some, you know, getting some headspace and, you know, just had a new a new baby and everything's, you know, pizza business and all that. Yeah. I'd want to take some time off. There's a lot of limelight. pizza business yeah. as well. Yeah, true. There was a lot of limelight that threw straight on him, wasn't there? Let's yeah, be honest. Was. It was quick. So, was. yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing Perry or Luke against Lawler. I don't mind either way. There's some interesting fights on this weekend. Um, we've got Volkan Uzdemir against uh, Ilya Latifi. Wasn't that called off another card? I think it was. Like the day of the fight or something? I think it was. Latifi's just, just... you know, I never know what to expect. Do you, remember, do you remember when I interviewed him in Dublin? He just lifted me up. Yeah. It was It was like I was made out of polystyrene. It was yeah. ridiculous. He's it, just so powerful. Just exactly. He's made out of beef. Yeah. yeah. Solid. <laughs> he is. Just yeah. pure beef. I, I, think that's a, I think that's a really fun fight because they're both durable. They're both... They can both pack a punch, even though Volkan Uzdemir is the one that's got more confidence in his in his striking than Latifi. Latifi's a wicked wrestler, but then Uzdemir showed good ground game as well. So I, I won't be mad to see uh, to see that go anywhere really. And I mean, they both kind of need a win, don't they? Am I right? I think yeah, Volkan's Volkan on that. Is he on does. four? Well, uh, Latifi's coming off a, a loss to Corey Anderson, but he had two wins before that. Yeah, sorry. Uh, Volkan, Volkan is on three. Yeah. Dominic Reyes, which was fucking close. Yeah, almost not I could have loss. scored that opposite yeah. way. And then Anthony Smith and Anthony Daniel Smith Cormier. And so, DC. you know, he's not. And the, the Anthony Smith fight was a good one as well. He won the first round, aside from getting his nose broken, I would say. Yeah, that slowed him down a little and bit. Then, didn't oh, was it first round? No, second round. I think Anthony Smith kind of coasted in the second yes. round because he was already bleeding, wasn't he? Yeah. But then if you look at Latifi, it's, it's never consistent. Yeah. It's, it's sort of been up and down. But I mean, the only losses he's had in the last few few fights are Corey Anderson and Ryan Bader. Mm. The thing, the only thing that stands out to me when it comes to Latifi is a, is a confidence in his striking. For real, like he's got power. I remember calling his Chris Dempsey fight when that was a, that was a one punch knockout in yeah, Dublin, mate. And you know he's got he's got wins over Stringer and O'Connell. Well, Tyson like, Pedro's a, a similar build to Vulcan, isn't he? The size of him and mm-hmm. the reach, and he went uh, three rounds with him. Yeah. He's got the gas. I just it's just the confidence in his striking that I think he needs to really push forward on these guys. And against Volkan, I think that's gonna be Latifi trying to get the takedown in the first round and Volkan trying to defend it. Yeah. Um, and it could be a real back and forth one. But it could be a mauling by uh, by Latifi if he can get on top though. Oh mate, if he could take his legs out. Yeah. And make and, him the same. And the other height. thing as well with, with uh Volkan, we don't know how his nose is. I mean his nose is was he hadn't recovered between fights when Anthony Smith broke it. Well let's look at how he was winning a few fights ago when he beat uh, Serkinov and Manoa. Oh man, they were yeah. combined time of seventy seconds. Mm-hmm. Well, that's where Latifi's got to watch out because he's got to come come crashing into the clinch to get the takedown, and that's where uh, Volkan's best power is—that short range, yeah. like thudding Clink. punches at the side of the ear. Yeah, they just you know put you to sleep in a moment. Yeah, that's the last thing you want. But I mean, Latifi's, I mean, he's, he's weathered a lot of fucking storms. He's, he's fought. You forget how many times he's fought in the UFC. It's a fucking lot. Yeah. So who else is on there? Who else do you fancy? Um, well, Oscar Pejota is on the card. Yeah. He's one of, uh, one of, one of Pavel's guys, the unofficial mayor of Europe. Yeah. Pavel. Fighting Our unbeaten Vieira. Yeah. Rodolfo. 
and it's That's his UFC one. debut as well. And Peata's one of those guys that doesn't cut much weight as well. And I would imagine that this guy, Rodolfo, cuts a lot of weight because he's a Brazilian-American top team guy and they're all giants. Yeah. I must have seen him when I was out there. Jeez, look at his ADCC and, and grappling record. So That's a lot of gold medals. And he's competing at 90-something kilos as well. So he's Holy a, he's a big lad for... Uh, look at that. Yeah, for people that are not on audio or video no, <laughs> or just audio that's it's a lot of gold medals a big old paragraph from just what, medals. 2009 Abu Dhabi World Cup 92 kilos man so what's that 205 pounds about that's a light heavyweight so he was, he's was he been competing and in absolute European Championships Pan American and Oscar's lost last like loss was in sub as well triangle choke uh, yeah. sorry rear naked Oscar's good on the ground well this is the thing this, this guy is a slick grappler that's only had five fights in the UFC. And Oscar Pajotta, if, if I remember right, is a ADCC Europe champion. Okay. So it's, I don't know, honestly, where their grappling stacks up. It's so difficult to know because the grappling world's so kind of spread out. You don't, yeah. you know, it's difficult to compare their styles. But I'd say that Pajotta's at the, at the disadvantage in the grappling range in this one. I'm not but, sure of his nickname, The Black Belt Hunter. Is that what who's who's nickname? That's Vieira's. That? Oh, is it? The black belt. Oh, it's a bit long, isn't it? It is. A, it is long. If you're in the playground and you're choosing nicknames, mm. you can't be like, "I'll be called the black belt hunter." Yeah, yeah. Not gonna work. It's not a tattoo nickname, is it? Oh man. Yeah, Robocop. I'm sure that uh, Pejota won ADCC Europe or something like that, if I remember right. He's he's a very good grappler anyway. He's a very good grappler. Black belt under Robert Drysdale. Ah, oh, there we go. So he is going to be good. Yeah, he's black belt be. under Drysdale. So that's a fight to watch. That's yeah. one so, so who are you who are you picking out of these to well, elaborate I'm, later on for underdogs? And I oh know you're calling the whole thing. Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to have a look. I will have a look at it as a, as an underdogs card. I might put an underdogs video out because I'm I'm working the ESPN desk. I, don't, I just don't like to do it when I'm commentating because yeah. I don't like to go into a fight thinking that a particular thing's no, going to happen. I try and I just when I'm commentating, I just consume everything so I'm open to what could happen. When I'm not, then I like to I like to kind of see which way I would lean on the fights. Sometimes I like to talk about it. I think and that's a healthy way of doing it though. Yeah. You're not going to bump into someone and then go. Uh, even you thought I was going to lose, didn't yeah, you? you? Fucking yeah. idiot! Yeah. <laughs> it's like with John Jones because we've seen him a couple of times over the last few months. He's said he's 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 always said he's respected you because you're giving him a fair role, mm -hmm. just as a fighter. It's not that the other shit's ever seeped into it or been a problem. It's just that you've given him a fair shot. And I think if you did start to then pick winners from events that you call in, yeah, it's a bit weird, isn't it? It's a, it's a bit, it is a, it's bit. a bit shit. Can't it is a that. bit. I can't do that. So yeah, Uruguay. So there you go. So so you're looking forward to Uruguay. I am. I'm not looking forward to the travel. I'll be honest. How far is it? How long? It's a. I don't know. It's like three days by horseback. Oh, it's a man. long way. It's a fucking. Are you gonna be on an alpaca? And I've got to. I hope so. What that would you want your alpaca to be called? Oh, Jerry Gergich. Hmm. I don't know. That's a good. That's a good. Uh, I don't know why, but the first word that came to my head was Laramar. Laramar. <laughs> I don't know why. It's a Panama. It's a, it's a type of stone. Alpaca. I do need a Panama hat. That is one thing I'm looking for when I land in South America. Oh, one of those proper like rum diary. Oh yeah. You know the, the white with the yeah yeah. <laughs> Old school. And then I'll just wear it all the time, dude. Did I, I asked you this before, but I'm going to ask you it again for the sake of the podcast because I cool. want basically this is me asking a question to you. That's a question to everybody that's listening. Okay. The Great Hack. Yes. On Netflix, I've got to watch it. Watch it. It just it blew my mind. Like it's it's talking about um, 
Cambridge Analytics and the people that gather information. Their Facebook. And, oh, hack. dude, it's 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 fucking crazy. It's crazy how much shit they own. Yeah, like they've got all of this information, so they can basically build a profile for everybody in the country, or like statistically what or predict. Yeah, based on what what information they've got. Majority of it's through Facebook. I mean, I deleted Facebook off my phone a long time ago. It's terrifying. But, um, I still, I mean, I still, I don't just don't use the account because I don't like to keep in touch with people through that. But no. like everything that you do now is like everything's recording pieces of what you're doing, and it's all being fed into. Yeah. To, oh man, it's it's crazy. It's just building an yeah. AI universe, surely. Because I mean, we were just looking at stuff for the garden randomly. Mm. And I've come on to Sherdog, which is heavily advertised with I can't things. use Sherdog anymore. You know, I used to love Sherdog. Yeah. I can't use it anymore because of all the shit that pops up. And on that's it. it. I've got some of it turned off, but the thing is, I use it. I, I mainly use Sherdog, to be fair. But as soon as I've come on, there's a, a Keta storage bin. And it's like... For storing your ketamine? Yeah, for my ketamine, for my horses. So it's just one of them where I'm like, fucking hell, it's just creepy. Yeah. But I was even, I was talking to someone about clothing. He was a marketing manager, dead, dead sound guy. And he was on the, on the stag do. And he was talking about M- Musto. Is it a rugby brand? The, no, uh, M- yeah, M- hike, uh, hiking, hiking, sailing. Kind M-U-T-S-O, or M-U-S-T-O. Uh-huh, M-U-S-T-O. M-U-S-T-O, M-U-S-T-O, Musto. I've never owned a piece of their clothing. I've never even looked at a piece of their clothing yeah. never googled it never done fuck all with it and we were sat in a pub garden after this stag do and we're having a beer he was telling me about buying a jacket and the different value you get from different elements of a sale so like if it's a label a tag a badge a sticker whatever the fuck it is he bought this jacket or sorry he found a musto's fleece in the back of a taxi mm. he was drunk he put it on he just fucked off with it so he stole this thing but the quality of this thing then got him to recognize the brand itself, yeah. made him want to buy more. And it wasn't till what, say Wednesday that I was at work and I was on my Mac and all these musto adverts appeared. <laughs> no shit. Like literally my phone was off or, or was on the side. I was not, I've not touched Google and it was already fucking selling me musto. Mm. And that's kind of fucking weird. Out it of all is. the brands it could pick. They've got a camera in your glasses. I won't be surprised. What make are those glasses? Or it's Ben. Ben's a cyborg. Ben. <laughs> Can you imagine? Dude. It might be. Just men in black. Just a little guy just jumps out his head. <laughs> I can't even imagine what the alien inside Ben would look like. It'd just be another version. Just a smaller version <laughs> a of Ben. tiny version. Yeah. And he could talk, but he'd have a lisp. For I sure. think he'd have a New York accent for some reason. You reckon, yeah? Yeah. I think his name would be Laverne. <laughs> Laverne. Don't I know why. See, I don't know. No. It makes he no sense at all. And, so, every, and everybody listening to the podcast now is wondering where, where Owen's head goes. Oh, no. You don't want to go there. It's fucking scary. I've got a couple of questions, actually. Go on, then. That only you can answer. Because I didn't know... Only I can answer. Yeah, well, you dramatic. Easiest point of contact to answer these random go questions. Because are we going to need to quickly touch on um, 241? Because are we not going to record next week? Uh, when are you flying? No, we're not. I'm, no, I'm flying and I'm, I'm staying gone. I'm going to be, ooh, there is a podcast next week. All right. But it's not ours. Okay. And I can't say who it is yet because I'll wait for I'll wait for them to announce it. But there's going to be a podcast next week, August 15th. Okay. Well, you do that as and when. Yeah. Um, maybe I'll record something with the Raptors because they've been on their cool. travels, haven't they? So yeah, maybe when I see them in California, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll sit down for a little while on Venice Beach and record something. Cool. Well, maybe we'll touch on that in just a second. The other questions I had for you were just while I was watching the event. Mm-hmm. The first one... How much tape do you think the UFC gets through 
for red and blue gloves. Mm. I don't know what. So what? What goes on a glove? I've got well, I've got my a I've got my GSP gloves up there, but I can't. I'm not going to take the tape off. No, but no, they're not. They're uh, the red red tape ones. Are, yeah, it must must have been Markham. Red yeah. corner. Red corner walks first. Blue corner. Blue corner walks first. Red corner second. What? Well, what do you reckon? I reckon you probably use more. About, maybe the table's length. Maybe a meter for each hand. No, not that much. Do you not think? No, it's not that much. They don't overlap it much. I would say, I would say at the most, probably, probably 15, 15, 16 inches worth of tape on on each glove. Imagine if you're the guy that has to remember the red and blue Sorry. tape. Say, say three feet of tape per person. Yeah. But yeah. just imagine forgetting that. Like something so simple that <laughs> yeah. you don't have yeah. the red and the blue. Mm. That's fucking crap. And the same as, because the, that then made me think, because I was in a thinking mood. Okay. You know your wraps? Mm-hmm. Do you bring your own wraps? No. So do you choose a cut man? Usually it's allocated to you. You can request different cut men. I always wanted Stitch to wrap my hands. Just Back in the day. Yeah. Mainly, not necessarily because of his, I mean, his wraps were always good, but I, f- I felt, honestly, <laughs> I felt very little difference from one wrap to another. I could feel a bad wrap. Yeah. I had bad wraps a couple of times and never by Stitch. These were always consistent. But... Well, you, I mean, you saw that video on, I posted on the, on Instagram. I've been hitting, like, probably the first 10 years of training, I'd punch bags with no gloves on. Yeah. So, like, my hands, my hands conditioned to a, to a point where I don't, I don't really need wraps. No. I would put the wraps on to make the glove fit better. Yes. Because if, the, if, if there's wraps, if, the, if there are no wraps, I, f- I found that the glove kind of moves and, like, scuffs your knuckles you a bit. Know. And I think that's where you start having problems where you, you roll your wrist because yeah, the breaking. glove shifts. Yeah. So, like the, for, for me the wrap was just a space filler so the glove fit tighter around my hand because my favourite thing to do was to have a glove that was the problem with the UFC gloves and this is something you always see backstage whenever the gloves are like so you try your gloves on on say Tuesday of fight week you pick the size you also got to bear in mind that you're going to have yeah, wraps have on or, or whatever one size up yeah usually but then as soon as the as soon as the gloves are brought to you on fight day which is usually a couple hours before you fight so you can warm up flat they're, they're flat they're rock solid and flat so you, you tend to pass one to each of your corner men and they tend they like like fold them and roll them and kind of stretch them out to loosen the leather up to the point where when you put them on with the wrap inside and you close your hand like I, I remember putting gloves on and they used to feel like fucking bowling balls yeah. and I, I felt I felt like it would it was it was almost wrong to be able to punch somebody full power with them yeah. you know yeah, but then other times tight compact yeah. unit but then other times, and this was particularly with the UFC gloves, because the padding on the back of the glove is flat, it's a flat piece of foam. There's yeah. very little curve to it. So when you put when you put it on and the leather being brand new, it pulls your hand back open. So it's almost like a forearm workout to make a fist, yeah, like which the, is why we get a lot of eye pokes. pokes. Yeah. yeah. But like the Cage Warriors Fairtex gloves are probably the best ones I've tried on. And, and they've only got a small curve to it. It's not like it's yeah, drastically yeah. different. No, no, it's not a lot. And and I've got the I've got the uh, pair of the Rising and Shuto ones over there as well. The is Sam is Sammy. Is yeah, well, they're crazy because they're fully they're, curved and the padding is also domed as well. Yeah, but then they've they've got laces underneath the Velcro, which makes no sense. So I I like the UFC gloves. I just like them to put a curve in the padding. When um, was the last time they were reviewed? I don't know. A while a while ago. I remember very early on, everyone was buying. The, it was a brand called Harbinger. 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 They were like the like the early gloves that people were using, like as MMA gloves. Yeah. 
and <laughs> and like there were there were gloves there were bag gloves but they had this like bar of plastic in the palm really yeah and i remember i remember there was a website online that showed you that taught you how to that showed you how to like take that off like unpick the stitching and remove it so you could actually use them for fights <laughs> But they were like full palm leather. Plastic fucking blader. Yeah, they were weird. They were like full palm of leather and they were weird. I can remember having some Hayabusa ones. When Hayabusa yeah. was quite big. Yeah. Like 2007. I don't think I've got any Hayabusa gloves. They're nice. They were decent, but they like, they never seemed to commit to it. They mm. didn't seem to, like, if you look at someone like Booster, shout out to Wayne, but I've been there since he had his V1s to yeah. what they've got now and the fucking development. Yeah. Even in. Like the threes came out one of them came out and it was a bit that he sort of went that's unnecessary mm. so then the four came out and it's I know we can't find the perfect glove and we've discussed it before but it just sent I can it. make it man I'm telling you we, we will I'm make t- it but it's not <laughs> out there yet I, I, I could see it in my head I know it yeah but, we've got to change a lot of things about the boxing glove to be honest like it, to make it safer for the hand yeah it just feels like to me people like maybe RDX and Booster are the ones that have got their finger on a pulse that they want it to be better Whereas I've seen a, f- a few glove companies just stick to the same bread and butter. They know what they're sending out. Yeah. But it's it's hard when you're not well, always but, messing with pro stuff. But like, look at that. Look, at I've got a pair of windy gloves and a pair of sandy gloves. Yeah. They're probably made in the same factory. They look almost identical. I've also got a pair of Fairtex ones somewhere, which are almost exactly the same as well, just a different yeah, color. Yeah, I can see them. Like, it's, like, they're all almost exactly the same. But then every now and then I'll find a glove that just fits perfect. I tell you, like the rival gloves are really nice. That's what I, I advise Nick Pete to, to get. Some, some of the rival gloves. I really like the rival gloves. Um, but the, the gloves I use at the moment and the ones that you'll see me hitting the bag with are those old Venom gloves. The, you know, the old white, white Velcro oh, Venoms. Oh shit, yeah. They're a pair of 10 ounce Venom gloves I've had for ages. And I don't wear wraps anymore. Don't bother with wraps. I, unless my, <laughs> I've got a pair of like running gloves. Like super kinda, thin, yeah, and that's, thin. that's it, just to protect the inside of the um, of the glove. Well, it's just so it doesn't smell like piss and vinegar. That's it? it. There's nothing worse. Than- it. Oh, and I've got those those odor odor f- blocker things. Oh, I got really? them from Biotomic. They're awesome. They're good yeah, if yeah. someone's used them. But you know, when you've been to a gym that time, and you've not got gloves or something. <laughs> you're just like, I'll be all right. I don't wear other people's gloves. No, me neither. No, no, not no, anymore. No. Not anymore. <laughs> I've got enough fucking gloves. Well, that's why I was hesitant to put your top box ones on, the green ones. Because I wanted to try Oh, no, them. no, no, try them on. I they're, wanted to put my hand in there, to be but, worn. Yeah. I'm not going to be buried with any of them, I don't think. So, you know, feel free to try any of them on. Just one big glove casket. Yeah, man. Oh, like imagine. People think I was a pharaoh in, in the future, in the future when <laughs> yeah, they opened my yeah. tomb up. What is this? Just padding. Just padding. <laughs> it's all disintegrated. It's a fucking visionary symbol. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so, well that was my, okay, so that was my question about a wrap, do you bring your own wraps and corn man? And you know when you're doing the check-in at the check-in station, mm-hmm. who decides who's going to be that cop man? Because is it your cop it go, man? It goes opposite sides. Opposite sides check each other. Yeah. So like your cop man will do them, their cop man will do you. And then when they come into the cage, it's your own cop man. Yes. How weird's that? Yeah. It's just so it, it's so that like the, the fair. greasing's fair and everything like that. You know, it's like if you divide in something up between kids. Yeah, like you divide it into two and then you pick which piece you want first. You know what I mean? So yeah. like the one dividing it is always going to be. It's the same thing. I mean, it's a weird analogy. That's an Owen Oxley analogy. Yeah. is what that is. It's different but the same. It's, it's very different but absolutely identical. It's a Dom Cruz analogy because he's <laughs> what did he said? It's the fundamentals um, advanced or something <laughs> like that. That's not fundamental. Yeah. And advanced. But yeah. 
So it's, it, we, he, did, he did say a few things that make me giggle. I'll have to start recording them. I love it. I Someone love needs it. to remix them into a song because there are some things that he says that you could just yeah, you could sound like a metronome. Though, right? <laughs> <laughs> Trouble is, I get so many people message me and be like, the "Snooze effect." I'm like, I've not even watched the fights yet. I don't even know what's happened. Oh shit! And I wasn't the first person to call him Snooze. I don't. You're gonna have to fight him one day. You know that. I can you? do that. Yeah, just fucking <laughs> take his knees out. Just throw Ben at his legs. <laughs> ben, I'll be up for it. He'll be like a bowling ball. Okay, so, so well, that's interesting. There's not a lot of people I can ask that. So, no. yeah, it was more interesting to know at the checkpoint, because it just got me jazzed when Clay Guida's jumping about all over the place. I've yeah. seen him be told physically to calm down before. Yeah. Like, we stop. I like how he keeps, like, winding up. He yeah. keeps, like, walking up. He's like, and the guy's, like, got his grease on his thumb yeah. ready to go, and then Guida backs up again, yeah. sings another fucking line of his Probably song. Probably, yeah, in the Walks phone. back up, thrashes his head around Hugs a his bit. mom, smacks yeah. his brother. <laughs> It's fucking brilliant. Oh, he's great, isn't he? Man, I don't want to see great. him retire, but... I want to see them remake The Big Lebowski with Clay Guida. I could do that. <laughs> oh, man, that'd be amazing. Who would be the rest of your cast? Who'd be Donny? Oh, if we were picking UFC fighters. Oh, Tank Abbott is... Uh... No, Tank's too old now. We'd need Roy Nelson to do it. That wouldn't be bad. That'd be good, but yeah, we'd have to cut his ear short. And, and Jorge Masvidal is the really, Jesus, all right? Oh, dude, the street Jesus. Oh, man. Nobody Someone's already shouted that before Jesus. you said it. They're in the car going, what about Jorge Masvidal? Is that? Yeah. Nobody fucks with the street Jesus. Nobody. That's a t-shirt yeah. with him kissing his glove. Dressed in purple. Why have we not fucking thought of dressed this? Dressed in purple. Of course. Fuck. Of course. That'd be cool, man. Yeah. So yeah, who else, who else is in there? So we've got, we've got street Jesus. Yeah, we'll get Chris to do it. got street Jesus. You've got Clay Guida as the dude. Yeah. We've got Roy Nelson as uh, as what's his name? Not Donny. No, why am I fucking one. forgetting? I can't remember. Goodman. Dan Goodman. Dan yeah. Goodman. John Goodman. John Goodman. Mr. Goodman. Oh, gee. Roseanne's ex. Hang on. Yeah. <laughs> Fred Flintstone. Why am I forgetting his name? <laughs> it's John. Is it John? No, hang on, hang on. This is. We're, sorry, podcast on pause. We need to start. We need to figure out what's going on here. Why am I forgetting John his Goodman? Name? It is John yeah, Goodman. Yeah, I know, but what's his character name? Oh, and Big Lebowski. Yeah. What's his character name? Cast. Jeffrey is John Goodman. Walter Sobchak. Of course Walter. it is. Yeah. Fuck. Okay, so you got Roy Nelson as Walter. Yeah. Roy Nelson. We need someone as Steve Buscemi. Who's Steve Buscemi? I don't know. Roxanne Modafferi. <laughs> <laughs> the Lake Overy. I could see that. I could see that. I, Just with a stash. She'd have a moustache drawn yeah. on. Yeah, I could see that. Who else have we got? This think. is a good game. Well, send us your recommendations. Yeah, We've got some. Uh, definitely Masvidal. We could definitely make a cast. That's that's gold, that is. Mate. That needs to be made. That, that, someone needs that to draw that. That should be a t shirt. Just with. Dosbrack. Yeah, just with. Someone send that idea Masvidal to Masvidal at the front in his purple with his bowling ball. Yeah. And then Clay Guida in his dressing gown. Yeah. With his joint. Yeah. Roy Nelson with his pistol, yeah, and his uh, and and his camo jacket, yeah, and then who the and fuck his bag and his bag of undies under his shoulder, Mate, perfect, <laughs> perfect, yeah, I love it. Big Lafayette, yeah. Steve Buscemi. We could use uh, uh, Charles Oliveira. Be good for Steve Buscemi, yeah, for uh, with his Don glasses, yeah, with them, f- yeah, them glasses. It's like someone bought them for him, you know, because he had his eyes pupils dilated. They're like, like, you're gonna need these, and his mum was like, these will look really nice. <laughs> Charlie. Could, but you would walk past him in the street and wouldn't know he was an absolute assassin, would you? It's a bit like Joe Lowe's on it. True. Did you this, see, this see that video he posted? Did you see the video he posted? No. It was like some, 
like one-year-old birthday party. Okay. And him and his brother are doing oh, rounds on the grass. It, yeah. <laughs> and he smashes his brother, doesn't he? Because they fell out for a long time. Yeah, Was mad. it Dan? Dan Lozon, yeah. Dan and Jim. I'll never ever oh, Joe. forget Joe Lozon. Dan and Joe, yeah. Yeah, because it's Jim and Dan and Joe it. and Dan. Yeah. That's it. Every, every, every sibling... Every sibling combination in the UFC has got a Dan, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, man, well, fucking Joe Lowe's on. Back, uh, it was just the His way debut. that he came into the UFC. Oh, man. And I was so gutted for Jens Pulver as well, because I've always, I've always been a big fan of his. You'd be gutted for him, but then for him to have to coach him as well. Yeah. And him sort of go, nah, I disagree. Mm. <laughs> Why do you disagree? Because I beat you with this. <laughs> yeah, wasn't yeah. he good fucking... Yeah, there's a time when Joe Lozon was uh, fully game. But even when you watch the highlights with the Jim Miller highlight, and he's sort of... Had a bit of a word mm. a while ago. He is good, Joe. Is yeah. It's just that it was that Pettis knockout, wasn't it? That is that the head kick to the head. Yeah. yeah, set with the body kick. Anyway, okay. all good. What we did? What hour and ten? Hour and ten. What you going to run through these? I'm not bothered. Which with ones? Two four one. I'm just interested what you think on Cormier Stipe. Oh, go on then. Two four one. Um, just because we're not going to. So even if you okay. look at oh, Macadeski's uh, fighting. I do like. Well, watching. I've done a breakdown for Cormier. Uh, Steo pitch. <laughs> Get that Steo pitch. <laughs> I've done a breakdown for that one, so that'll be coming up. And I'll do a war room for Pettis Diaz as well. Um, I cannot fucking wait. Romero Costa, I might even do a war room for that. I don't know, it's exciting. Romero Costa's all about, that's going to be a striking matchup because Costa, I don't think he's going to be able to take Romero down. No. Well, I mean, having said that, Romero always gets taken down. People just can't hold him down. But I think, he, I think Romero's explosivity and scrambling will keep him out of any subs of Costa. Mate, he just gets stronger as stuff yeah. goes on. Look at Luke Rockhold. They're both big Wideman. punchers. Mate. Costa's a black belt under Nagira. That's, That's terrifying. Gabriel Benitez against uh, Sadiq Yusuf is going to be a... Um, that's that's volume against power. Yeah, but Sadiq, that power was fucking frightening. That's yeah. like you, when you were hitting that pad the other day, the bag, the sandy bag, mm-hmm. I'm pointing to these things in the gym that no one can see. <laughs> that sounded like someone had put Street Fighter um, sounds. Yeah, they were, yeah they were all sound effects. That wasn't really... But, that's what Sadiq Youssef sounds like mm. the whole time. Um, yeah. I can't fucking wait Brunson to call me. Um, who? Sorry? Brunson against Heinish. That's interesting. I think fight. Heinish is going to kind of, that's his coming out party, I reckon. Because Brunson's, like Brunson's really exciting for the first two minutes because he's wild and you don't know what he's going to do. But then, like you remember what, remember back to his, um, his fight against Robert Whittaker? Yeah. Where it was just, it was just nuts. Yeah, they just like, dropping, dropping. Yeah. yeah. It was like the Vandalay and Brian Stan fight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, someone going to stand up for a minute. But like, he just, his chin's right up in the air. And Heinish is one of those, like, he's like a tight power puncher that's a good yeah. wrestler as well. I, I think that's some. Um, Heinish is coming off a nice, nice run as well. Whereas Brunson, I think, has got his breath back after losing two. Yeah. I know he lost to Israel and he lost to uh, uh, Souza. Mm. But he beat Elias Thedoru. It wasn't the most exciting fight, but I think sometimes, like we've spoke about before, you need to get that breath back under you, just that mm. little reset. Because there was a time when Derek Brunson debuted and he looked fucking unstoppable. Well, he's got the wrestling to back up his wild striking, and he seems to have a lot of power in his left hand. So he, he you know, he was able to put a lot of people away with that. But it's, I, I just, I think with the, with the lack of of technical ability that he's got in the striking, there's always going to be a ceiling that he's going to hit. And, and so I think Heinish he's hit that ceiling and now it. he's kind of starting to come back down. That's when the likes of Heinish are going to start overtaking. Yeah, I can see that. San- Sanhagen's got a good opportunity, but I wouldn't like to face a Sunset coming off a loss because no. that and guy's a monster. And he was on a tear. What was he on before that? One, two, three, four wins against yeah. Marais, Rob Font, Matthew Lopez, Aljo. 
Oh, Joe. Only lost to TJ and then Caraway, Munoz, Dillashaw, Vaughn Lee, Easton, Tamora, Edward. Dude, he's. Oh, yeah. He's a he's fucking good. animal. And he's been around forever, right? Yeah. And when what's Sandhagen? Like 2004. 11. Yeah. Like Sandhagen's like 11 and 1. Yeah. Unbeaten in the UFC, four fights. Just had a split decision over John Lineker. But he's been good and he's been consistent. Yeah. It's, his win over uh, Iri Alcantara was was the most impressive for me because returning to Bantamweight and getting a fight of the night. Yeah. And over Alcantara as well, who's, who's a, a yeah. very talented fighter. It's a, it's a fun card. There's a lot of fights on there that are going to... I mean, like the, like the card at the weekend. Like, there are a lot of fights that people are going to, like, overlook a little bit that are going to be really good. Like, Drakkar Close, Christos Yagos is going to be a, 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 an explosive one. Manny Bermudez is always exciting to watch. I don't know much about Casey Kenny. No. But I'll, uh, I'll have a look. I like it when they're coming out parties, though. I like it when mm-hmm. the undercards outshine the mains. And yeah. it's not. It's, there's a lot of times there's, there's massive expectations built up in fights now, purely because of the amount of content we get. Mm. Like years ago, when there was way fewer fights, then the storyline was built over a lot longer time scale. Yeah. Whereas now it's even like Colby was instantly back on the mic to be able to drum up the next bit of business to be able to justify the next fight and blah blah blah. Whereas even a few people said to me, and like watching the Robbie interview with the lads when the Raptors were filming it. When we were in Vegas, I know it was International Fight Week. I know John Jones was on the card. I know it was a big number, but they just they, there was nowhere near. It's like someone had just stopped at a travel lodge and or a services on the motorway and was like, "Oh fuck, what are they doing oh, here?" It's a UFC fight. Let's night. watch yeah. this, Barbara. Uh-huh. And it just seemed like they were just they, there was half a dozen people there, and it didn't it didn't inject the same amount of energy. No, which I mean Dana always answers it as far as I well. We fucking delivered, yeah. Which is true. Oh, it was a great, it was a great fight night. It just, it's, it's the, it's the fanfare around the events, and I think that that's it's the where, build up. yeah, yeah. Like they didn't, like even the Raptors, they were out there, and they said there, there's not a great deal of media out here in comparison to other events, and I don't know whether that's because of where it was. Like New New Jersey's not, you know, it's not the the most fan friendly place to, you know, no. to to hang out. I like, dude, that's where I fought GSP. And on the walk from, so this was back in the day before USADA when I was heading to get an IV to, to rehydrate. Yeah. I only did it a couple of times actually and I didn't particularly like it. Um, but for this particular time, Ollie was in my corner and he'd organised this this IV to get me hydrated properly. So we left the weigh-ins and we were walking across town to try and find this place. I swear, I saw three car accidents and a guy trip up a curb and smash his face. Like in the space of, a, of a, like a 30 minute walk. Dude. It was it was the it was the like the weirdest Scariest. place, like, you know, like like you fall into a parallel universe and nothing quite fits. Yeah, but that's how more, it felt. What the fuck is happening? <laughs> yeah, what the fuck. Yeah, but but then you know, like the Raptors are gonna, hanging out in New York this week, so they're gonna they're gonna do some uh, some jujitsu stuff. I think gonna do some um, uh, like Polaris scramble collaboration content, cool. which will be good. Yeah, there's some amazing jujitsu places in New York, so I want them to get some of that. And then they're coming out to California to meet me for Anaheim for the that's cool. the two four one two four one and that'll be a there'll be a big fanfare around that Anaheim will be will be buzzing and you know well I think if you could talk to someone for me mm-hmm. I have a request who's that and the request is for all of these cards if the UFC can take the bite sized bits of video that they give as a fighter's just about to walk out so let's use I don't know Clay Guida against fucking Jim Miller as an example. Just the two minutes of John Anik introducing who they are and what they've been through, you know, just them little bits of video, which is like a just a mashup of their of their fights. 
And if it's going to be, I don't know, UFC ESPN 5, and it's on YouTube, and it's a 20-minute video, and it just introduces each fight. Mm-hmm. And it just reminds me who the la- who they were again, because yeah. there's that many fighters now, and they've already got the content. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see the fight. I just want to see them build up to say, there's this fight, this fight, this fight. And it just reminds me, oh, fuck yeah, Jim Miller fought such and such, or mm. Clay Guida had that, that. Maybe we should do that. Maybe we should, because it's the same content. It's just those little... Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? When John Anik sort of talks him in and they're like, such and such has been on a bit of a rise at the moment or yeah. he's coming off a back-to-back fucking uh-huh. awesome. Yeah, Anik did something for the, for the YouTube channel. Did you see that? That was really good. On, uh, was it was it Media Day or Weigh-In Day? Oh, did he? And we got Anik talking down the barrel of the, of the lens for, nice. like, for like three minutes and it's just, he's so good at it. Just, so there's this guy and he's fighting him and blah, blah, blah and gives a bit of background of each and Anik's really into the betting side of it as yeah. well. So he has odds and knows who underdogs are and, Maybe we get him to get a tattoo because he's got a Nate Diaz tattoo, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Didn't he? Didn't he? Wasn't that off the Nate Diaz uh, Conor McGregor one fight? It was. He said yeah, if he wins, he'll get the yeah. two one nine or fucking two oh nine. Yeah. Yeah. Fair play to him. Imagine if you've got a visionary, a teardrop visionary, just here. <laughs> John Anik. Might look cool. It well, might. Look although cool. we, did, look cool. we saw the vision on someone's foot. Did you see that? Yes. I'm not even sure who that was. Oh, who's I talking to? Is that the same marketing guy? Who's like, oh. When you can realise that people start appreciating your brand to the point where they commit to a tattoo of it. Yeah. I was like, funny you should say that. Yeah. We've got this bro that's it's already crazy, fucking it? been there. It's He's insane. got the tattoo before I did. Yeah, well, that's it. That's what's holding me off. That's the only thing that's stopping me at the minute is when are you getting yours? Soon. Oh, is that right? And then I'll get mine. Okay. Yeah, that's all I Well, I'm, I'm going to go and see Tim Hendricks when I'm in California and uh, I'm going to speak to him about it because I've got a... Like I could literally sit for a week with Tim Hendricks and just get loads of tattoos yeah, done. To be fair, I can see now. I can preempt what's going to be where you because know, we've yeah. had the conversation <laughs> I already know it's going to it might scare your mum it might upset a few yeah. people I've told no my mum knows I know I, where I'm, everything's I've going got, I've got birds and I've got but yeah I've got birds on my shoulders and neck coming in I've got the vision on the back I've got a Bob Dylan I think I think Tim's going to do my Bob Dylan definitely but then I've got a I want a butterfly and a bee the side of my knee yeah raptor to smoke uh, smoke like a bird <laughs> Oh, smoke like a butterfly. Imagine if a butterfly just landed and was like, what is it? Maybe that was a reference to the caterpillar off um, Alice. Alice in Wonderland. He knows how to fucking roll yeah. a tight J. So, <laughs> just to go on to this, can we see Stipe win? We can. We can. I give a good argument for it in the breakdown because the thing, the thing with this being a rematch and... Like, nothing's changed since the last fight because we've not seen any evidence of anything change. So we can't assume that it's going to. No. So we've got to look at what Stipe's already got and assume that they're the tools that he's going to be able to use in this fight coming up. Like, you can make some assumptions based on, well, you know, he's going to make sure he's in good shape because he's going to be more motivated for this fight yeah. than the last because it's... I, I feel like Stipe thought he was going to be able to get Cormier out of there. Yes. I think he looked at Cormier and was like... There was no fear of Cormier knocking is. him out. No. At all. No. That, that was not even on his radar. That's why he was quite happy to be in the clinch with Cormier. Yeah. And like the thing that stood out to me, well, I think I say that a lot, don't I? The thing that stood out to me. No, I think it's, a, it's, it's important because mm. it is something you've taken away from it because you will see a lot of differences that we don't see because of the amount of content you watch. Mm. Well, I have a real problem with the way that Stipe throws his right hand. And not because it's not powerful, because it is. Because when he gets close enough to people, or when they run at him and get close enough to him, a la Verdum, like his right hand's wicked powerful. Yeah. And he only needs to pop it a short distance Clink. to have power. But it's a it's a it's a Shane Carwin right hand. 
Yes. It's not, there's, there's no length to it, but he's no. got an 80 inch reach. But it's also de- relying on Vadum running at him full Absolutely. bollocks with his head up. Yeah. But and, and he can, you know, he can catch Cormier with that coming in. He has to be smart about it. But if you watch the first fight, he was so eager to throw his right hand that he was, he was like punching himself into range yeah. and Cormier was clinching him. And if you, the thing is, the only thing I remember out of the fight is the, is the knockout. When I watched some of the build-up, and I, there was actually more fight than anything I remembered, because I only just, I just registered the, that was that. Mm. Okay, I wanted Stipe to win, but it was, it was weird that when I saw the the match he's standing and, and striking and trading punches, I was like, I don't fucking remember this. Yeah. But what I've got to remind myself is that the, the, the Stipe that beat Engano was because of the Engano's bigger, mm-hmm. longer, and heavier-handed. Yeah. And Stipe outdid himself, avoiding any damage. Yeah. But the problem is, is that Cormier has got his wrestling stats up to 11. So he can't do what he did to to, to nullify Ngannou, put him on his back. Mm-hmm. You're not going to do that as much to Cormier because he's just a freak. No. Like, the, the fact that he picked up, like, I don't know, Dan Henderson and fucking slammed him on his head. Yeah. Doesn't and Gus, Gustafson. Gustafson. Like, like Gustafson went 360 in the air when, yeah, when uh, even, Cormier picked him up. Even heavyweights like Josh Barnett. Mm-hmm. Like he fucking played with Josh Barnett. Yeah. And he's, he, he looks like... He did with Derek Lewis. But it, like, I mean, Josh Barnett's more impressive, obviously, than beating yeah. Derek Lewis, especially when it comes to the grappling. But it, Cormier's, Cormier's brings that tenacity and because heavyweights are generally smaller... And because he moves so fast, he's able to put a work rate on people. Like that Derek Lewis fight, it looked like he was beating up a sparring partner. Yeah, it looked like he was just kind of, kind of playing with him yeah. because he, he was like, like that, that ankle pick he, he landed on him was just like he's just messing around. It was like Randy Couture taking down James Tony. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No disrespect yeah, yeah. to either of them. Yeah, but it, it wasn't it wasn't a complete no. And I, and the thing is, like Cormier can't beat Mirchich by standing on the outside and striking. Like because he's not got the reach, he has to get inside to strike to beat to beat Mirchich, or he has to get him on the floor to strike. And and Cormier's thing is that I, I call it the grind cycle. It's you get in close, you take them down against the fence, you beat them up until they turn their back, you take their back, and then you try and choke them yeah. out. And if you don't choke them out, they get up in the process of you taking their back. Then you take them down, beat them up, and yeah. you just re like it's you recycle it. It's it's the same way you beat uh, Johnson twice. It's the same way you beat. Uh, yeah. Lewis and just take like, their soul yeah he could quite easily do that to Stipe but I feel like Stipe's got the conditioning and a level of wrestling to be able to at yeah. least put up some kind of fight like he might find himself like defending that cycle for three rounds and then Cormier starts to slow down a bit because he's dealing with a big he's heavy to, strong yeah. guy like but for me Stipe's got like if you watch uh, I'm pretty sure it was his UFC debut against Joey Beltran he stayed on the outside. He used his jab. He stayed very side on jab, low kicks, and he was very measured in that yeah. fight. And he's not been recently. No. And like you, you watch his fight against Struve, you watch his fight against Roy Nelson, and you watch his fight against uh, Ngannou. Yeah. Nelson and Ngannou, he respected their power, so he stayed away from it. Struve, he respected his reach, so he tried to keep his head off the center yeah. line and stay away from it. Like all, th- I mean, obviously I know Struve beat him, but like all three of those fights. His approach was far more. I don't want to get punched in the fucking head by this guy. Yes. Whereas with Cormier, it was like I want to punch this guy in the fucking head. Yeah. And he just made himself available for for Cormier's power. 
But Stipe's fights more often than not have been avoiding, right? Because the ones that he did get clipped, I mean, Overeem clipped him and JDS clipped him. Mm-hmm. So even when he was on his tear up to get his three defends or four, whatever it was, yeah, three defends, there was still there was still a little bit of like, oh fuck, yeah, he stopped here. That's a good point. So it kind of it kind of worries me because the one thing I can take away from it is I know Daniel Cormier has been fucking mad busy with the desk. Mm. Being an analyst, yeah. traveling around, being a light heavyweight, being a fucking heavyweight, all the drama with John Jones. He ain't a light heavyweight anymore. Exactly. No chance. <laughs> it's like an ex that just keeps texting you or fucking messaging you. It's just that headache that you don't want to have to deal with anymore because yeah. you've, you've sort of, it's, it's gone, it's out of the way. But then the minute, it's not just that DC fights three times a year and he has to get his brain right for that. Mm. Every time John Jones fights, which you say three or four times a year at the minute, he's dragged into that situation without even fucking trying. That's a good point. Whereas yeah. Stipe's in the background just like, I'm just fucking, yeah. I'm just training, I'm good. I've, yeah, I've got a baby, I've got my dogs, and I'm just a fucking country guy. I'm quite a happy dude. Fireman, isn't he? A fucking fireman, fireman. Yeah, yeah. So he's staying in shape, yeah. and he's fucking solid. But I don't know. I, I just like to know where his mind's at, because he's, he's going into this one with more respect for Cormier. Yeah. He's also going to this one, like trying to get his belt back. When in the first fight, he felt like he was trying to take the belt off Cormier. When he should, I think he just needs to be more patient in this yeah. one. So if he's too fired up, that, that'll work against him. And everything that Cormier said in the interviews, he just he's just writing Stipe off by the sound of it. And obviously, Cormier is going to be prepared, like and yeah, he's going to be prepared. He'll be in shape. He'll be ready to fight five rounds hard. But there's a difference in mentality of a guy that you go. Like if Cormier's fighting John Jones, he knows legitimately John Jones can yeah. beat him. So there's a different mentality going into that training camp. Whereas yeah. with Nothing's Stipe, changed he's him. just like, what was it he said in the in the press conference? He's just not good enough to beat me. Like that that to me says that Cormier is just going to get in shape. Yeah, I'll get in shape ready for a fight, and I'll just show up like I always do. But he doesn't normally lose. He, he well, that's the thing. I mean, it might well be enough. It might well be enough. But yeah. it, but like sometimes you need a bit more of a. A, a respect and an urgency in training to I mean it's heavyweight as well and like you said Stipe's been dropped a bunch of times like it's heavyweight everyone's yeah. got the potential to be dropped yeah. the fact that Cormier is you know he's able to take shots is partly down to the fact that he's so relaxed and yeah, just rolls soon punches. fucking stops look at Chuck Chuck used to be yeah. able to take a wicked shot mm. and then now I think his puppy knocked him out the other day licking his jaw <laughs> do you know what I mean it's, yeah. it's a scary thing because it all runs out mm-hmm. It all runs out, and yeah. then they start chasing, and that's where maybe Stepe's has run out, mm-hmm. and maybe Stepe, yeah, he got clipped by um, Overeem and JDS, and eventually DC was the one that signed the check, mm. and then now that's in the Chuck Liddell lines of fucking Rampage, uh, Richard, fucking yeah. um, Shogun Hua, mm. Rich Franklin, whoever the fuck else knocked him out. I think there's also I think there's also a. a, a a difference in the way that you you take a punch when you expect to be hit, mate. Yeah, because that was coming from. He just didn't. Nowhere. He just didn't. No, no. just because I don't think he respected the fact that Cormier had any power. No, and I think now he does. He'll be far more, far more respectful in the way that he approaches it. Well, it was far. More, it was it was too finalized without it being okay for Stipe because mm-hmm. he wasn't out out. He yeah. was out enough that the fight's over. Yeah, but when you watch it back and he's sort of lying back, looking up, not defending, and he's mm-hmm. done. If he, I think if he'd if he'd have been absolutely hit again and knocked out cold it would have been almost easier to take yeah but because he can sort of remember it and think yeah, yeah but he was, yeah. He was done mm. but it's it and the last one's Nate and Anthony Pettis what are you saying I think 
I think even at welterweight, Pettis might have too much of a striking game for for Nate. Like we've seen Nate get smashed to pieces low, you know, in the lower body. Like beat his legs up, slow him down, take his movement away. The, the Diaz brothers don't have wrestling. They have they have pressure on the feet that makes other people wrestle, and then you run into their ground game. And people always underestimate Anthony Pettis's ground game, like they do with with uh, Cowboy, because he's predominantly a striker. Like people forget how quick Pettis put that armbar on Benson Henderson. Yo, like he's, he's good on that the was, ground. Yeah, and 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 they were even talking about it in the fucking post fight mm. and in the what's it last night about Benson Henderson being flexible as fuck. Yeah, look but at what Pettis that, did. Yeah, that, that was when Pettis was on for sure. That's before his cars got firebombed, didn't it? it? Well, yeah, he's got a good ground game though, and I think I, I think it's a good night. It's a good night for Pettis. Yeah. I think it is. Yeah. I, I mean, it'd be interesting to see Diaz win because then obviously there's there's a, another interesting name back in the mix if he stays relevant. But he's not fought for three years no. since since is it a thousand days or something? August <laughs> August two thousand August the twentieth two thousand sixteen. So yeah. three years. It's a long time. He's not out of shape no. by any stretch, and I think he's just one of the athletes. He's almost like Masvidal, like we've referenced before. I think he just well, it's a fucking fight. Mm-hmm. Let's fight. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, there's, any, there's no ring rushed octagon jitters concerned with Diaz. I, I just think Pettis might have too much striking. I think he might just beat his legs up and, and just soften him up with kicks, I think. And especially with, with him being at welterweight, he doesn't have to cut. You know, but both of them are going to come in around the kind of same weight, same weight and size. Maybe yeah. Nate's going to be slightly bigger, but that doesn't suit his style either. He, he's, I would say Nate's better at uh, lightweight than he is at welterweight. Well, it was Josh Thompson that took him out with a head kick. Mm. And that was because their wrestling almost nullified each other, if you remember. Nate was struggling yeah, and got caught with a big kick. And Pettis was known, but really, for fucking big fucking old hell. kicks. I don't remember that fight. I'm going to have to go back and watch that. What, the Nate and Josh Thompson? Yeah. Oh, man. How long was, ago was that? Uh, Josh Thompson was... 2013. 2013. Yeah. Which was... It was fucking huge. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, Nate got turned off. Yeah. Um, anyway, I can't think about this card anymore because my brain's already fried. No, no for, worries at all, uh, Uruguay. No. Yeah, but that's. Uh, I just wanted to know because I knew I wasn't going to see you, so I appreciate your yeah. ten minutes take on that. No moment. worries. All right, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, enjoy the fights, and we'll see you next time. It can do something no other kind of lizard can do. It can run continuously for a very long time, and that enables it to become an endurance hunter chasing down its prey.